Luke chapter 5, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, I'll be reading right there. Very interesting passage of Scripture, something that we have looked at many times over the years, but here we go. The Bible said it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he lay down, or excuse me, he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out, notice this verse, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, or when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in this other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished that all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth Thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. You may be seated. God bless you. Let me, let me, let me just give you a little few things to think about. You want something to smile? I read a story about uh, a woman in the state of Maryland. Her name was Edith, and she had eight children. She was coming home from a neighbor's house on a Saturday evening and uh, things seemed way too quiet for her eight children and so curiously she peered through the screen door and saw five of her youngest children huddled together concentrating on something and when she got to where she could see and crept closer the story said that she tried to discover the center of their attention and she could not believe her eyes right in the middle of those, those five children were five baby skunks. And Edith screamed at the top of her voice, quick, children, run. And each kid grabbed a skunk and they all ran. So we all have days. We all have days like that, don't we? We have days when we need faith in God. And tonight I want to talk a little bit about deep water faith. Would you just say that with me? Deep water faith. Amen. Jesus was not, uh, 
He was not preserved from such pressure when he was among his disciples and when he was among people. On one particular occasion, as a matter of fact, things happened at such a a rapid rate that he could scarcely perhaps get his breath. He was thinking of the uh, events of Luke chapter 4. You can read there he was teaching on a regular basis in the synagogue and he was answering people's questions and facing their criticism and constantly dodging the accusations of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was, he was uh, casting out demons and living with all the complications that accompanied his world. And he was increasingly uh, perplexed and, and moved by the crowds that he was in. He would heal their sick and open their blind eyes and he would confront the forces of evil and he was often tired. He attempted to find, at, at this point in time, a quiet place only to be found by the multitudes. I was in, in Israel a few years ago now, and I, I, I was amazed that we, we were on the Sea of Galilee, and then we went, as we made our way around that, to different places. I, we, they took us to the place where Jesus sat and taught the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it was such a unique place because you could stand, that, that mountain was so designed and so made that you could literally stand on the top of that hill and speak and you could, your voice would carry down to the bottom of the hill. It was a long way, no microphones, no PA systems, no, no sound systems, but it was, it was an amazing thing. But, but the multitudes were constantly pressing him and looking for him and trying to keep him from getting away from them because in him was healing and in him was answers and in him was life like they had never found before. And ultimately, according to the fifth chapter of Luke, he found a place to be alone. He went and stepped onto a boat and he took a seat. And he caught his breath, but he began teaching the multitudes, the Scripture said, from the boat. We understand that. And uh, when, he, when he got through with all of that, he, he looks at Simon and he said, cast out into the deep. Let's, let's go fishing. Now, I, I want to I talk just a little bit. And I want to take my time tonight and explain some things to you. The Bible said when he finished speaking, he said to, the, to Simon, put out into the deep water and let your nets down for a catch. And Simon answered, and said, Master, notice that word, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but at your bidding I will let down the nets. Now you can't, you can't blame Simon Peter for being reluctant. I have been on some fishing trips when I wish I hadn't have went. Anybody ever been? When you said all day, and I've even been on some all-night fishing trips where I was like Simon. We have fished all night, and we caught no fish. I just spoke to Dub, and, and I, I saw his picture on Facebook today where he was on the water very early this morning. So I said, how many catch? He said, 20. I was sitting in my office today, and I got, I got a, uh, a text from my grandson, and he was holding up. FaceTiming me, a big old nice, beautiful crappie, white perch, sockeye, whatever you want to call them. 
And uh, he said, look, Papa, 2.71 pounds. That's a big one in case you didn't know. And uh, I've been on some fishing trips where we, we slayed them. But I've been on some of those like Simon was on. I've been on some of those where it not, wasn't fun, and the fun ended real quick. And if we hadn't had anything to eat in the boat, it would have really been disastrous. But, but I've been there. So you can't blame Simon. Hard work, no catch. And naturally, the guy would frown and resist the commandment of the Lord. But he wisely surrendered. And, and what happened is nothing short of the miraculous. Let me read it. The Bible said when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and they filled both of the boats. The King James Version said both of the ships. That's a big boat. And so they began to sink. Now, I've caught a lot of fish and I've had some good times and some bad times, but I've never been fishing when there was so many boat fish in the boat that my boat began to sink. Now, I, I don't know if you know Jerry Wayne Dillon. You may. Some of you may. He's a preacher friend of mine. Been knowing him for many years. But but he used to come to town when I was pastoring down in Catahoula Parish, and he would say to me, he would he call me and say, "Man, let's go fishing." Well, I'd get up. And, and Jerry Wayne, and I hope I wish I wish I could just hear him one more time and let you hear it, because we'd get in the truck that next morning and we'd be riding down the road, and he'd say, "My God, man, we're going to massacre them today." I don't know where that word come from, but what he meant was we're fixing to we're fixing to lay it on them, and sometime we did. As a matter of fact, we we got up one morning and went down. There'd been a backwater in Catahoula Parish, and we went to the the little creek that had flooded and that was back in its banks and he said I think we can catch some bass here and so we had a we had a a, a rod reel with an H&H and a tow sack y'all know what a tow sack is a grass sack we didn't have a stringer because we wasn't going to stay put very long and we started fishing and and the more, the more we fished he, he was catching them and, and just jerking it jerking them out one by one, just little yearling bass, and, and he, he was throwing them in the tow sack, and I was, I was getting mad because I'd throw and I couldn't catch, and I'd throw and I couldn't catch. And, and finally I said, Jerry Wayne, what are you doing? I've got the exact same bait on you've got. And I, now, if you're not a fisherman, you won't understand this, but when you buy an old-fashioned H&H, in that bag with that little yellow skirt is some hooks. And I was so interested in catching fish that day that I forgot to put the hooks in my bait. And he was hooking them. That's a true story. Well, the story goes that before the day was over, we had a tow sack full and we caught 93. So I've been on some of those trips. But here the Bible said the boat began to sink. I, I, I've never, I, I'd love to be there. I've never been on a boat so heavy with fish that it began to sink. But that's because I never fished with Jesus. Because when you fish with Jesus, it makes all the difference in the world. And when the master of the earth and the master of the sea and the skies uh, start calling the shots and saying, you know what, if you throw right here, everything's going to be okay. You know what? 
I don't know if you understand where I'm coming from, but the Lord looked at Simon that day, and he didn't just say, let's go catch fish. He said, I want you to go to the deep water. I want you to cast out into the deep. I don't know where they'd been fishing. There's shallow water fishing. There's deep water fishing. I've done a little both. But let me tell you what the Lord said. He said, you go to the deep water because I got something for you if you'll go to the deep water. That's why tonight I want to talk a little bit about deep water faith because if God can get you to the deep water, if he can get you to the place where you can't touch bottom, if he can get you to a place where you don't have any stability within your own and, and your own power, he can perform a miracle in your life and he can do some things nobody else can do when you get deep water faith. Somebody shout amen. The Bible said when Simon saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet and he said, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now I made you listen a few minutes ago where he called Jesus master. You remember that? He said, master, we fished all night and we caught no fish. But now that he sees the miracle of God, he says, depart from me because I'm a sinful man, O Lord. It went from master unto Lord. When you go to deep water faith, he will not just be your master. And there's a difference in being a master and being a Lord because he won't just be somebody you respect and somebody you talk call master. He'll be somebody that you call Lord. For amazement, for amazement had seized him, the scripture said, and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also James and John, the sons of Debedee, Zebedee, were partners with Simon. Notice anything here? He made a difference in their life when he performed a miracle in their life. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you on this Bible study on a Wednesday night, if you could learn to step into the deep things of God. If you can learn to step in faith out where nobody has an answer but God has an answer. Have you ever been to the place you think, well, I'll trust God, but your feet still touch the bottom. You got a little bit of security. But have you ever stepped into the place where nothing else can help you but the hand of God that can perform a miracle in your life? I'm here to tell you there's nothing that will work like faith for the deep and the deep things of God. Amen. The real message here tonight is, is trusting God in those times when, when, when it's almost impossible to trust God, when you don't know what else to do. When they had brought their boats to land, the Bible said, watch this, they left everything. Everybody say everything. God convinced them through their faith that, that, that they dropped everything. They, they heard his invitation and they heard what he had to say because in that particular time, the Lord's, the Lord's motive was not a boat full of fish. The Lord's motive was to show you what a miracle he could do if you'd make yourself available to him. Amen? He, he could speak one word. Look, if he could put a money in a fish mouth, if he can make an axe head float, if he can heal the, the blind eyes of Bartimaeus, if he can heal and raise from the dead Lazarus from the grave, a few fish in a boat's not anything for him. 
but his motive was not to show them how to fish. His motive was, I'm going to show you the miracles of God, and then I'm going to call you not to be this kind of fisherman. I'm going to be call, call you to be fisher of men. Thank God for what Brother Chase here preached on Sunday. If not me, then who? I like what he preached. I heard what he preached. I hope every one of you grab one of those red bandanas because it falls upon our shoulders, the solemn responsibility to go into the deep and believe God. Look, we have children that are lost. We have parents that are lost. We have kinfolks that are lost. We got people of the workplace that don't know Jesus Christ. It is the solemn responsibility of the church to leave everything and to become a fisher of men. It's not just on the ministry. It's not just the obligation of the preacher. It, he called every one of us into ministry. He called every one of us to reach lost people. And that's why these men left everything because they understood what God could do and what they could not do. I want to, let me, let me just pause for a minute and tell you there's some things that are too big for these hands to take care of and too big for my mind to wrap around. But when God comes on the scene, there is nothing impossible with God. There is no impossibility with him. He can take down every mountain in your path. He can forge every river that you have to cross. God can fix the things that are wrong with you. I'm preaching to you on a Wednesday night. You just need a little deep water faith to launch into what God has for you in your life. Amen. When they, when they got their boats to land, I can see them now. They didn't, they didn't just say, well, no, Lord, we, we, we're thinking about going with you. No, no, no. The Bible said they left everything. Everybody say it again, everything. You know what you got to do when you come to God in deep water faith? You got to leave everything. You got to put God in charge. Now, now sometimes we want to put God in charge, but we don't want to leave everything. Hello? My dad said this one time. God can do it, and he don't need my help. Huh? You got a problem? God can fix it, and he don't need your help. It's when you take your hands off of it that God performs the best. It's when you, you realize that you are man and he is God. They left their lifelong occupations. They left their families. They left their familiar surroundings. They left all their goals. They left their boats. They left their nets. They left everything that went along with them. They left their business, everything. To be candid with you, I, I, I'm, I'm impressed because when, when, when you tell people they have to leave everything, I want to tell you, it'll, it's kind of like the rich young ruler. When he came to Jesus, you remember that story? He said, Lord, or he called him good master. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and the Lord said, well, you got to keep the commandments, remember? And he said, well, I've done all that. I've kept all the commandments. You know what the Lord said to him? Thou lackest one thing, just one thing. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take all that you have and sell it. And I want you to give to the poor. And then I want you to get a cross and follow me. 
Does anybody know the ending of the story of the rich young ruler? The Bible said, the scriptures say that he shook his head and he walked away sorrowfully. You know why? Everything. He wasn't willing to give everything. Here's what I believe. Now, now this is Bible study, so we're just we're just cutting right down to the chase here tonight. Here's what I believe. When you tell God that he's your everything, that means that nothing stands in front of God. That means he truly is your everything. That means that that you're willing to lay it all on the line for him. You know what? The cross bearing is not fun. The cross gets heavy. The hill gets steep. The pain gets rough. When you talk about being crucified with Christ, that's what the Scripture talks about, being crucified with Christ. I don't believe we have to literally go to a cross and literally be nailed there. But I tell you what we have to do. In order to get to where God wants us to be, we have to be willing to lay down everything. And when they laid down everything and they followed him, I want to tell you right now, that's why they had miracles, signs, and wonders in the, in the first church and in, in, in the gospels where that they went about and there were people healed and people delivered and devils were cast out and, and blind eyes were open and great things happened through the ministry of these men that were on a boat that God filled up with fish and they got all astounded and amazed and said, you know what, Lord, we're going to leave everything. And they left it so that they could have the ministry that they had. Now, to this church and to we who sit here tonight, I, I, I've preached this so many times and I still believe this. I don't believe God wants you to lay everything that you own at, at the door of this church. I, be, I don't believe that that, that rich young ruler Here's what I believe. I believe if he would have said, okay, I'll do that. I don't believe the Lord would have required that of him for him to go become a poor man, but I believe he had to have the mindset and the heart to do what God asked him to do. Our problem is this. We say, God, what do you want? And he says, I want you to leave everything. Okay, we're not going to do that. Well, then I'm not going to be what you want me to be in your life. See, here's the problem. It, it's, it's, not, it's, it's our reaction. It's not our action. It's how we react to the Word of God and to the things that God is desiring out of us. I'm ready tonight to suggest six, six reasons to you. I want to take a moment and do this. Six reasons. Why, listen closely, I want to drop, why we are willing to drop everything and follow Jesus. Each reason is a principle in our life. And I'm going to give them to you real quick tonight. Six reasons why people drop everything. You ready? You ought to write them down. Here they are. Number one, Jesus chooses not to minister to others all alone. He could save everybody, but he wants help. He could fix everybody, but he wants the church. Amen? He could do it all by himself, but he deliberately chooses not to. He could have rowed that boat by himself. He didn't. He could have dropped those nets over the side by himself, 
but he didn't. He could have pulled up the nets choked with fish by himself. Instead, he called his disciples to do that. And here's what happened. From He said to them then, after they had experienced that, from now on, you are going to be fishing, but you're not going to be fishing for this. You're going to be catching men. He taught them a lesson. So Jesus chooses not to minister to other people all alone. He wants the church. This is his avenue of reaching the world. Will anybody here agree with me? This is the most horrible, sin-sick society that we've ever seen. Amen? What a shame. <laughs> if you don't like this tonight, I'm sorry, but what a shame that we have to take time with the Senate and the House to discuss whether transgenders ought to be allowed to be involved in the sports of women. I didn't quit preaching with the meddling, had I? I'm bad about that. What kind of day are we living in? What kind of world are we a part of? I could, I, I, I could go on and on. What, when did you think in the past that it would be unkosher to use pronouns like she or him or her? That that would be a no-no in our society. You still with me? See, we have to understand that we have a responsibility like no other generation. And I got news for you. We can't do it by ourselves. We got to have God involved in what we do in this world. Does anybody believe that with me today? We've got to have God in our plans. And so Jesus could do it. He could do it. If he hasn't proved his power by now, I mean, who else do you know of that can fill a boat up with fish and, it, and, and the boat begin to sink? Who else do you know of that can walk to the, the tomb of a man that's been dead four days and already stinks and say, Lazarus, come forth, and out he comes wrapped up in grave clothes? Who else do you know that can do that? He could do it by himself. Let me tell you what he could do. He could save all of Washtenaw Parish by himself. He could save every drug addict by himself. He could reach every alcoholic by himself. He could reach every prostitute by himself. He doesn't do that because he has initiated his power through the church. And we have to understand that he chooses not to minister to others all alone. This is the reason we're willing to drop everything and follow Jesus Christ because we can't do it by ourselves either. We have to have the power of the living God to do what we need to do in this earth. Number two, here's another reason people are willing to drop everything and follow Jesus. Jesus uses the familiar to do the incredible. Think about this. He came to their turf on their lake in their boat. He got into their place of work, their, their assignment to fish, and had them use their skills, their nets. And in such a familiar setting, he made them aware of the incredible 
possibilities that could happen in normal circumstances. I don't know about you, but God has never knocked me down like a, with a light like he did Saul of Tarsus. I was laying in the bed the other morning, and, and, and it was dark. And my wife had to get up real early, and she turned the light on. And I, I, I said, dear God, I feel like Saul. She said, what? I said, I feel like Saul. She said, Saul. I said, Saul of Tarsus. Turn that light on my eyes. I've never had God just knock me down on the road to Damascus and speak to me from the heavens. I've never heard the audible voice of God. You? Never have. I, I guess I'm not spiritual enough. But the facts are, I haven't had all of those incredible things. But here's what I do know. I do know God shows up in my common everyday life. And while I'm riding down the road, he can speak to me. And I hear not the audible voice of God, but the impressions of the Spirit. I can get down to pray, and I can know that God is speaking to me. I can read my Bible, and I can know that God is saying things to me. And God chooses the familiar to do the incredible. He comes into the church on a Sunday, and when people come in, they're one way, and when they leave out, they're another way. He touches us on a Wednesday night Bible study and we hear one word that we take out of here and say, you know what, if I could just have that kind of faith, I'm here to tell you Jesus will take the familiar and do the incredible. That's what happens when you step out into deep water faith. Jesus also, number three, moves from the safety of the seen to the risk of the unseen. Nothing, nothing significant occurred in the shallow water. Nothing. He specifically led them out into the deep. Now, I, 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 years ago, I, I had a plane and uh, got my pilot's license, bought a plane many years ago. I talked my wife into going up with me one time. I think it was just one time, as a matter of fact. And we... In Jonesville, Louisiana, there's a little airstrip, and when you leave the airstrip, and 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 well, we start we we went on the south runway, so we took a right, right hand turn, and when you turn back, you go over Little River. Little River is maybe as wide as from here to the back wall. Little River, and all of a sudden, my wife starts screaming. Oh! I said, "What's wrong?" She said, "You're over the water." Yeah, okay. I can't swim if this thing goes down. I said, honey, if it goes down, you will enjoy the water better than you will the cotton field. But 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 it, it was it was it was the risk of going where the unseen is. Sometimes you gotta get out of the, the shell. You you gotta go where you can't touch bottom. You gotta go where there's uncertainties in your life. You you got to believe that God, if you go read Ezekiel 47, let me just tell you something. That is a powerful, powerful chapter because what God did is he sent a preacher to a boneyard and he caused a revival of the of the least likely place where bones started coming together and sin you got on the bones and skin on the sin. I'm just telling you, God can perform things in the places that you've never been before. You can't. 
there's an old saying, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Sometimes you got to step into deep water faith. I'm preaching to somebody tonight that just needs to step into the realm of faith and say, God, I'm handing this to you. I'm believing it's going to be okay. I'm trusting you no matter what. I can't touch the bottom. I can't see anything good, but I am believing you. Does anybody hear what I'm preaching on this Wednesday night? Deep water faith. Number four, I'm hurrying. Jesus proves the potential by breaking our nets and filling our boats. He'll give you just a little taste. Anybody ever seen a miracle? I've seen literal miracles. I watched one night when a, a girl that walked to the front of a church and her eyes were crossed. And the preacher prayed a simple prayer for her. Wasn't me, but I watched it happen. T.W. Barnes. If you didn't know T.W. Barnes, he was a great man of God. Had a lot, a lot of faith. Very simple, but a man of faith. And he prayed for that girl, and when she turned around and walked back, her eyes were straight as yours and mine. It was an instant miracle. I was, I was at church one night, and, and a friend of mine, I'll, I'll tell you who it was. It's Morton Bustard who preaches here from time to time. I watched him walk down. A lady walked up. She had a knot on her side. It was bulging out of her clothes right here. She said, I have a cancer. I need healing. And, and, and I watched Brother Bustard say a simple prayer, and, and this, this is what he done. This is so simple. This is what he done. He said a, said a simple prayer, and Jay, he just took the microphone. In Jesus' name. So help me God, that thing went and was gone. Oh, some of you said, yeah, I don't believe that. Well, there's another girl standing on the front. Her name is Connie Platts. She was standing on the front, and her feet were turned in. And he looked at her and said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And today, I know Connie. She lives in Houston, Texas. Her feet are as straight as mine, yours. See, I know God could do that. But God can step into the normal circumstance. And the place you, you have to do or what you have to do is go to the unseen. You've got to believe it can happen in your familiar area if you just step out in deep water faith and say, God, I know you haven't done it before, but I believe you can do it now. If he can fill this boat up with fish, he can save every man on this planet. If he can do what he did for those disciples, he proved the potential by breaking the nets with the fish and showing them he had the potential to do what they couldn't believe that he could do. Ladies and gentlemen, when God's hand is on your situation, nets break, eyes bulge, debt deck planks groan and boats almost sink because he's putting potential on display. There is no telling. There's a song that, that used to come on the radio late at night. I'm outdating myself, but I'd be driving down the road and it would come on late at night and it was Reverend Ike. I don't know if you ever heard of Reverend Ike. I don't even know Reverend Ike, but it, his theme song was this. There is no telling what God can do if you will just believe. He'll heal your body. He'll save your soul. He'll make you happy. 
He'll make you whole. There's no telling what God can do if you will just believe. And then he'd start preaching, and this was what he'd preach. He'd say, baby, you can't lose with the stuff I use because that's called deep water faith. What God can do is show you the potential by breaking the nets and hauling in the fish. Here's number five. I'm hurrying. Jesus, Jesus conceals his surprises until we follow his leading. He don't show you that until you step out in faith. Everything was business as usual. The boats didn't have a fish in them. They didn't have a net that was full of fish. The water was as it had been all night. But divinely arranged surprise came only when they said, nevertheless, at thy will, and they dropped their nets out beside the boat. It wasn't until they followed the instructions of Jesus that, that, that he opened up the miracle to them. And Peter, Peter then said, Lord, you're my Lord. You're not just my master, you're my Lord. It was a divinely arranged surprise that came. His surprises came only after they followed the directions of the Lord. You know what I believe? I believe we have directions. It's called this book right here, the Bible. And if we live by this, the miracles of God are, are, are they're for us. They're for your family. They're for my family. My healing's in here. My salvation's in here. My answers are in here. My counsel is in here. I believe he's got an answer for everybody and everything in this house tonight. God brought us here on a Wednesday night, and I don't know what I'm preaching to you for, but you do, and you may have been up against it, and your trial may be more than you can bear, and your burden may be heavy, and you may be going through the crisis of your life, but I'm here to tell you, step out. There's deep water faith where God can step in, and the miracles of God can take care. It may be your finances. It may be a cancer in your body. It may be sugar diabetes. I don't know what it is, but God can take care of it if you'll get to deep water faith where you're just obeying what God says do and following the Word of God. I wish somebody would help me preach up in here tonight. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place. Number six, I'm hurrying. Jesus reveals his objective to those who release their security. He couldn't read the willingness of their minds. Then and only then, he could, he, could, he could see that they needed it and they wanted it. Then and only then did he tell them that they'd be engaged in catching men. That's when he, at the end of everything, when he saw their face, when they said, Lord, when they, when they relinquished to the will of God. You know, ladies and gentlemen, hear me on this Wednesday night. If your life is full of disappointments, if, if, if everything, all of your activities have gone awry, if you've been hassled by life itself, if you've been weighted down with burdens and situations and problems, if your security is gone at your job, if your family is in disarray, if your children have gone off the deep end, if you've got a problem that you can't tell anybody about, could I challenge you on a Wednesday night to walk into the faith of God and 
and say, God, if you filled a boat up with fish, God, if you raised people from the dead and healed their blinded eyes and opened their deaf ears, if you could do that, God, surely you can touch my life and surely you can fix what's wrong in my home and what's wrong in my job. Surely you can take care of all that. Maybe it's time that we just do a mental trip to the boat and go out to the deep where we can't find the bottom and only God can perform a miracle in our life. You got to get more than waist deep and, and ankle deep and chest deep. You got to get in waters to swim in. That's another sermon within itself. But you got to get out there because God can't do anything with you as long as you're leaning on your own abilities. God will not do it as long as you're just leaning on your own abilities and your own desires and, and the, the, the things that you, you hold on to. He's just saying, put it in my hands tonight. Maybe it's time for you to take that trip. Take time to listen. You, 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 your problems and your situation, unlike Edith's kids, you don't drag the skunk with you. You got to lay it down and leave. Did you hear me? Unlike Edith's kids, leave the skunk. Don't take him with you because you're taking your problems. There's an old song that says, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If you trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. So caught in the crossfire of criticism and misunderstanding on one side and the people demanding, or the people, excuse me, demands on the other side, Jesus, while it was dark, arose and went out to a lonely place and there he knelt in prayer, feeling crushed by the crowds, pushed into a corner from everyday life. Sometimes that's where we are. Our anxiety reaches a fever pitch. Jesus stopped and took time to pray. So why don't you try turning it over to the one who can handle your load and your situation. Not just faith. You know what the Bible said? Let me, let me, let me just say this to you. The Bible said the Lord has given every man a measure of faith. How many of you believe that? Everybody in this room has faith. The Lord has given every man a measure of faith. Here's faith. Watch this. This is faith. I believe there's a step. This is faith. This is faith. Here's faith. When you're standing and you're worshiping and you don't even look back, you just sit down. That's faith. That's simple faith. That's just knowing that the Bible said faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's not what you see. It's what you can't see. But you know in your heart that it's going to be okay. I'm going to assure you of something. When you got up this morning and you walked out to get in your vehicle, did anybody here, be honest with me, did anybody here raise the hood on your car, look at the battery, shake the cables, check, make sure, and then go around and put the key in, unless it wouldn't start. If everything was normal, you know what you did? You walked out, you opened the door, you sat down in the seat, 
You stuck the key in the ignition and you just turned it. It's faith. That's simple faith because you thought it's going to be okay. But I'm talking about more than just that little simple faith. I'm talking about getting out of the familiar and out of the normal and walking into a place where you know it's got to be God that takes care of it. Has anybody ever prayed this prayer? Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't know how I'm going to get past this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But God, I said, but God, because you would move into that deep water place and say, Lord, it's in your hands. Bring your burdens to the Lord. Just leave them with him. Walk out into the deep. Don't go where you can touch bottom. Don't go to the familiar. Just let God do what he can do the best, and that is take you by the hand and lead you every step of the way and make you what he wants you to be because you relinquished in deep water faith. Stand all over this room with me this evening. Thank you. Thank you.